Be people smart. Enabling organisations and individuals to be disability inclusive and accessible. Hello everyone and welcome to today's podcast. My name is Jodie Greer and I'm the founder of Be People Smart. So season two is all about myth busting and today I'm joined by the wonderful Gavin Neat. So before we tell you what myth will be busting, I'll just get Gavin to introduce himself. Gavin. <laughs> hello Jody, and, and hello listeners. It's an absolute pleasure to be joining you today and I'm looking forward to getting down and dirty with some serious myth busting. So Gavin, where are you from? Um, well, um, Scotland, obviously by my <laughs> accent. Uh, I was actually born in Surrey. Uh, I lived in Surrey until I was three and then my family moved up to the northwest coast of Scotland. And when I say northwest coast of Scotland, we're not talking about Glasgow here or Oban or even Skye. We're going all the way up to Ullapool, just south of Ullapool, so Gairlock, Pool, U area. So I went to school. Uh, my primary school had three boys in it. It was that small. It was tiny. Wow. So I was even taught Gaelic in primary school. So where this accent came from, I do not know. Uh, but yeah, I've lived pretty much most of my life in Scotland. Excellent. Thank you for that. And when you're not chatting to people about inclusion, what's your day job? Oh, I don't have a day job. I just talk to people about inclusion. Uh, day job. OK, so I guess giving you a little bit of background is probably not a bad plan. I was in the military police as a dog handler um, for 10 years, 86 to 95, I think it was. And I was based, my last base was at RAF Lucas, which was just south of um, Guide Dogs for the Blind at Forfa, or just south of Forfa. And I used to go up and do voluntary work. And I got really excited about the idea one day of being a guide dog trainer after I finished my RAF career. But when I went along to apply, apply for the job, they said, no, we've seen what you're like doing the voluntary work. We would like you to apply to become a guide dog mobility instructor. There's a slight difference between the two. The guide dog trainer trains the dog up to a certain standard after the puppy walker. And then they hand the dog over to a mobility instructor who trains the dog for a specific client. So the idea is that I've got maybe 20 clients on my books because of where I'm working and location wise. And then I look for certain dogs that are going to fit those clients. Now, there are lots of reasons that a dog fits a specific client. Very easily, you're talking speed, workload, size, uh, sensitivities, mental sensitivity, whether it's going to work in a city, whether it's going to work with a uh, person out in a village, something like that. So you match the dog with the client, then you train the dog specifically for that client. And I loved this job. This was the best job in the world, as you might imagine, training people how to use guide dogs. It was just superb. And I did that until 2015. And I left guide dogs and I, with no intention of leaving, I never wanted to leave, but I had stupidly gone and invented something in 2011. So tell us, because we're going to talk a bit more about it, but tell us what you invented. Well, I guess in 2002, I started getting excited about technology uh, and how, not personally, but how my clients were using it. They would turn up to train the guide dogs and they're using their technology in a very specific way. So their phone was talking to them. 
And 2006 bought the iPhone 2S, which had voiceover as standard. And I was like, wow, this is just amazing. And I, I was getting my clients to teach me about technology. We did tech talks every time they came to train the guide dogs. I'm like, wow, teach each other about it and me. So I got very excited about technology. And then I started thinking, wouldn't it be cool if technology could solve some of the problems that I saw my clients were having? And the first one, which just was so obvious to me at the time, was how can a, uh, a visually impaired person, with be they a guide dog owner or a long cane user, press a button at a pedestrian crossing? And it was just a very simple jump in my head to think, I wonder if my phone or their phone could press the button at the pedestrian crossing. So that's exactly what I did. I invented the world's first pedestrian crossing operated by smartphones. In that's amazing. Uh, do you know, I, I love the, um, I'm always fascinated by people's sort of transitions in their career as well, because although, you know, there, there's some links there from when you kind of went from A to B to C, but it's so different. And it is, it's fascinating for me when I see how people take their kind of skills and their passions and do such, you know, so many different things with it. Well, I, Jody, I was on a, I was on a journey, really, and it was just stars coming into alignment and then ultimately I thought to myself, well, somebody else must be doing this, surely. And the more I went down this particular rabbit hole, before I, I followed a rabbit to start with, then it went down a hole and then I followed it down the hole and I was like, nobody else is doing this. Why is nobody else doing this? This needs to exist. And I put all my energies into, well, I put 50% of my energies because I was still working as a mobility instructor at the time. And I yeah, set up a company which I had to do in order to get some support from Scottish government. And then I got a little bit of support from Scottish government who helped me in some ways uh, through advice and got other people to come up with all the technical stuff, but had an app that communicated with pedestrian crossings and that started it. And then the next step was, well, if I can, if I can communicate with a pedestrian crossing, I could communicate with anything, a door, a building, a person. And that is where welcome came from and we'll talk about that in a second but that was where it all started but having left guide dogs in 2015 um i the world opened up to me not just around how i was going to help visually impaired people with mobile phone technology or technology in general but i suddenly realized that there are 1.3 billion disabled people on the planet and all of them could be helped by technology yeah no absolutely i just yeah, I love I love all this because, you know, it, it just shows as much as technology can sometimes drive us all a bit crazy. Um, it's also one of our best friends uh, when it, you know, when it's used in the right ways. So, uh, yeah, it's brilliant stuff. So getting back to our myth busting today, yeah. there's a couple of myths that we're going to dispel. One is staff training means we're all set. We will elaborate on that. <laughs> and the other one is that we can't possibly know what our customers and visitors need until we see them. Yeah. And that is where we're going to talk about another solution, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, we are. So um, I grew up in the, I guess, 70s and 80s. And I remember on TV, there were two things that I, I think back and I go, oh, yeah, that's where I first saw that. Little House in the Prairie or Little House on the Prairie. There was a, which was a, a, an American, I guess, Western sort of type thing. Set I used to love it. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. And there was an Ingalls family and they used to go into a store and they would go up to the door of the store and the door would open and, it, and the bell on the door would go ding-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling. 
And then Mr. Eason, I think his name was. I can't remember his name. He yeah, I think it was. The back of the store where he was, it was a hardware store, a groceries, everything. They sold flour and, and nails and things and hammers. He would come out from the back and go, hello, Laura Ingalls, how are you today? And she would then say, oh, I've come to get something for my dad. But the bell was the important bit here because he knew to come into the front of the shop because the bell had rang. Uh, and he knew Laura, so he was able to say, hello, Laura. And he didn't have to introduce himself because they knew each other. Um, and, I, and I was always thinking, well, that bell's really, really useful. But is there something that I could do to actually update that bell? And what we ended up doing was ringing the bell before you got to the door and so much more. Yeah, another way that technology obviously plays a huge part in accessibility and inclusion. It's just great stuff. So we will talk more about staff training as well, but I just I want to just delve a bit more into welcome because, of course, I'm sure now listeners who aren't aware of Welcome are going to be intrigued, but also even those that have already, you know, experienced it, had the value from it um, and continue to use it. I'm sure they will be quite happy to hear you obviously tell us a lot more about it. And certainly, and you should be proud anyway, but certainly sing its praises. So tell us, how does Welcome work and what does it do? Well, I guess the why is really important to start with here, which is... Um... Why do we need something that could ring a doorbell before you walk through the door, as an example? Um, well, if we look at if we look at how we interact with disabled people, anybody that's listening to this who's disabled will be thinking, oh, oh, my God, whenever I go in, I have to explain, don't touch my dog, don't touch my wheelchair, tell me your name, don't walk away without saying you're going, um, don't get up too close, don't get in my face, don't touch me. And you think, Whenever a disabled person walks through the door, they are keeping their fingers crossed that the person who interacts with them has had some sort of training and can recall that training in the moment that they interact. And of course, it's very hard for a staff member to do that even if they've had the training. But if they haven't had the training, it's virtually impossible. They are all, all of a sudden, they're in a very difficult position because they could do the wrong thing and they could pretty much upset the disabled person quite quickly by doing something that they thought was quite innocent. And of course, the disabled person is in a situation where they can feel the anxiety rising as they get to the door. Now, it might be you're going into a coffee shop and you go, oh, God, here we go. I've got a queue again. And you just go, yeah, OK, accept that. But if you are a deaf person going into a doctor's surgery and you know that they're going to or they're going to get you to come up to the reception sign in on a piece of technology and then they're going to motion you towards the chair and you're going to take a seat and then five minutes later the doctor's going to come out call your name and you're not going to hear them and therefore you're going to miss your appointment well all of a sudden your anxiety raises and you're thinking how can i know how can i be less anxious before i walk through the door and welcome is a reflection of that it's a reflection of communicating with a staff member before you walk through the door. But so much more than that, what we did when we launched the or we developed the app was we allowed people to have a profile in this free app that we have where they could say what they want people to be aware of before they walk through the door. Now, if you are somebody who has a, a visible disability, 
you could be thinking, well, yeah, it's obvious I've got a guide dog. It's obvious I've got a power chair or a wheelchair or a walking frame. But that's 30% of disabled people or less. We're looking at maybe 75% of disabled people who have a hidden condition. Or it might be that you have a visible dis disability and a hidden condition, which means that you need somebody to have awareness of it. So you fill out a profile. You say you're going to a particular venue. They get a message to say that you're going to walk through the door. When you walk through the door, you can press a button or even before you walk through the door, you can press a button on your phone, which says I've arrived. And then the person gets information on how best to interact with you. And that was welcome. And we launched it in 2018 uh, at a time when we were just about to lock down with COVID. But since we've started opening again, it's gone a bit crazy with people saying, heck, yeah, this is going to empower me. I want it. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously I'm sold anyway, you know, we, we both know that it's a brilliant bit of kit. But also to just go back to a really key word that you also mentioned when you talked about it was that it's free for the user, this app. Yeah, free. Uh, I would pick on two words, free and empowering. I think of the two here or it, it will go into free in a second. But the empowering thing is this is a disabled person who says I want this and it's going to and I'm going to use it the way that it's going to help me. So we don't we don't uh, dictate anything. You choose how you want to use it. Yes, free. When I was in Guide Dogs for the Blind, I wanted as a professional to level the playing field. If I was to charge for this app, what I'd be doing is saying to level the playing field, you have to pay more. And disability or disablement should not be companies that work in that area should do their very best to find a way that it doesn't feel like you're taxing a disabled person for having a condition that's outside of their control. So by making it free and finding a different business model, I was finding a way to actually for the costs of the service to be taken on by somebody else. Now, who else is involved in this relationship? Well, the business. If the business pays as they do a small monthly subscription and yet they can then entice more people to use their service, they could actually make more money out of more disabled people coming through the door. So because it's only a small monthly subscription, it could be that they make more money than they actually pay. Well, they will. They'll make more money than they pay on the subscription. So that was our business model. Free service. Business has gives better service. Staff member feels happier about giving service. Um, everybody's happy. Everybody sees best practice in how we interact with people. Yeah, the reason I wanted to touch on the free element, not just because for most people, let's be honest, free is our favourite price, um, <laughs> but because often with enabling um, solutions, especially when it's new tech, for instance, there's a big barrier then placed in front of people because not everybody can afford it. So there's often lots of solutions out there that unfortunately people still don't have access to because of a price bracket. So yeah. knowing that that barrier is also, you know, well, I say removed, it was never put there in the first place. Mm. Um, it, it's, yeah, it's huge because it might not seem like such a massive thing to some people, but for others, it's the difference between literally getting that service or not. But, but Jody, there's, there's still a massive barrier here, uh, arguing against my own company here. There is still <laughs> a massive barrier because the cost of the phone, the cost of the monthly subscription uh, or the call, yeah. the, the um, location services or whatever it is that you've got on your phone is going to cost you. Um, the, the app being free, well, let's face it, it was one pound. It wouldn't be a high cost. Uh, and that would, of course, give me income. But the key to me, because I thought about all this before I started, the key here was that you didn't need the app to get better customer service. 
So let's just imagine a scenario where a person with a long cane walks into a shop and they're using or a doctor's surgery, a train station or a bookies or anything like that. And they're using the app. The staff member, let's call him Gerald. Uh, Gerald in the shop or business sees the information that the guide or the long cane user has put on the screen, pops up on the screen. And Gerald goes, right, these are my top tips when I meet somebody who's using a long cane. Our long cane user then doesn't come back in again, but nine other long cane users do come in over the period of two weeks. Gerald in the shop is remembering what he's been taught by our long cane user because it's popped up on the screen. And the information we've provided Gerald with is information that is going to be useful to anybody. So really what welcome is, is customer service and staff training by another means. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the short version there is be a Gerald. Um, <laughs> be a Gerald. That's my new hashtag. I love it. Be a Gerald. <laughs> but also, that comes back to one of the myths that we talked about. Well, like I mentioned right at the beginning anyway, which was about staff training means we're all set. And the reason we're saying that that's a myth is not because staff training is not important. Of course, it's important, right? Literally, you know, skill set, um, making sure people are safe, all of those things. But it's what we're saying here is that it doesn't start and stop with delivering training or delivering initial training. Learning is continuous and you have to constantly evolve and develop and so on. And that is where these kind of guidance because of course they can be updated and they can be changed and we're all learning all the time I mean I learn every day I certainly learn from you <laughs> and and vice versa I, I learn from you and you you've hit on a really important points there I don't want to remove staff training I think when anybody starts at a, a company or a business whatever it might be or a venue they need inductions and they need staff training and i'm a massive fan of disabled people providing that staff training because the most important thing here is that um we meet disabled people in our daily lives so that we actually feel more comfortable about interacting with each other uh, scope had a fantastic campaign a few years ago called end the awkward end the awkward is you feel awkward because you're in a situation that you don't understand it's just to do with disability but it could be for absolutely anything but staff training is massively important, but let's just equate it to learning French. Let's say we've been taught French and then we don't use it for 10 years. Let's say we don't even use it for two weeks. Unless we use French on a regular basis, we forget it. And that's the same with all staff training. It's a little bit of this myth that you can train somebody once and then you can put it on a wall that you've invested in people or whatever it might be. And you, you can say, we've done our training. But I equate that to a restaurant winning an award for uh, food, obviously, uh, and they put a big award up on the wall. And then two years later, the chefs changed, the ownerships changed and the staff have changed. And yet on the wall in reception is still this big plaque that says winner of award for best food. And you think, yeah, the training or the winning the award or having the training has been done. But it will disappear. We can't just say, yeah, we've had training. Brilliant. You lose 90 percent of your staff. You can't say you've had training. Yeah, no, absolutely. And even, you know, the staff that you have got, our own circumstances 
yeah it, it, everybody needs to continually you know learn but also to be updated I guess because nothing stays static well if it does then your business model is probably a bit off <laughs> yeah and all of our because we can adapt anytime we want uh, all of our information uh, we provide an overview and top tips on how to interact but all of and resources but all of that information comes from the charities that we approach and say as an example um rnib we would say hey guys um we need an overview of visual impairment and we need five to eight top tips that would be useful for anybody and then we'll approach them a year later and say is it still the same is there anything else you would like to add in here which resources links because we have links to their website where there might be videos on how to do site a guide or whatever if anything changes it can just be updated immediately and it's just straight away on the system so you're right things can change you can imagine um first aid first aid changes seems to i mean from size of a little boy first aids change dramatically don't do this do this don't do this every year it's a different thing so we need to make sure that we keep updating yeah, I love that. First of all, the whole, you know, keeping it evergreen is so important. But I also love the collaboration because, you know, why not use the people with the lived experience and the professional experience to provide you with what you need? You don't need to reinvent a wheel, right? Yeah, well, so when somebody uh, says they want, when somebody uses welcome to go to a particular venue, they can write in a message that pops up on the screen at the venue. So that message might be, I'm here to buy some work trousers and a pair of new shoes. Um, but I normally uh, I normally have uh, hearing impairment in both ears, but my left ear is a little bit better. So you get a message from the person. So you're it's evergreen, but it's also personalised. So the person can write in that message alongside. Please approach from the front. If it was the same person, please turn down any background noise. Please make sure you don't have a light source behind you. Uh, all that kind of stuff that might be useful for anybody who has a visual uh, a hearing impairment. I love that. And especially, you know, um, for neurodiverse people as well. So, for instance, um, someone with autism who finds new spaces quite, you know, overpowering, being able to express some of that in advance so that someone can actually approach them and show them the right desk to go to or whatever it is. Yeah. Makes or, a world of difference. Or indeed not approach them. I spoke well, to somebody yeah. who was autistic the other day and he said, um, Oh, goodness me, I just don't want customer service. I want to go in, get it and get out. I don't want somebody to come come and fuss over me. Uh, so is your app going to be any good? And I said, yeah, you put in. Um, it's absolutely great today. I'm very happy to come in. It's nice that you know I'm in the store in case there's any emergencies or anything. It's good that you know that I'm in the store. However, I don't need any help today. Thank you very much indeed. And that person then doesn't get overhelped as well. I feel like I want to use that now because I've got to be honest, I don't want to be badgered when I go shopping. And often people just trying to be helpful. I get it. But yeah, I, I kind of want to do that myself. <laughs> well, who knows? One day we have been asked quite a few when I when I started it. People said this would be great in, in a six star hotel in Dubai so that as I land my helicopter on the on the top floor, somebody meets me with the more, more whiskey that I had last time. And you're, yeah, OK, mate. Right. <laughs> We're levelling the playing field for people who haven't had a level playing field for a long time first before I head off to Dubai and take, take trips in helicopters. Definitely. But um, I wouldn't mind checking out this six star hotel. <laughs> <laughs> they exist, apparently. I'm told. I have no idea. Holidays feel like a history thing, so yeah. I can't wait to get out again. So 
so much has gone on, of course, you know, with your, you know, with Welcome and your kind of journey to get to where you are so far. What are the key things you've learned from the experience you've had? Oh, wow. Um, I've learned that I could have done it a lot quicker if I'd had a company before this company or indeed any kind of training, because uh, military police dog handler and guide dogs for the blind does not set you up as a, a business leader. So I've learned a lot. But I wouldn't necessarily go back and change that. Yes, it's taken a long time. But if, I'd have, if it had all happened overnight, I would have, A, missed the learning that I've, I've actually had a chance to learn on the way through. But also, I wouldn't have enjoyed the journey as much. It would have gone straight to the, the actual solution. And I, I think I've, I've grown as a business leader during that time. As an entrepreneur, I've grown. Uh, and I've, I've managed to have a foundation now. I've got an amazing team of people and it's taken a while to get this fantastic group of people together. But that foundation is something that I've been able to build. I've got exactly the right people now, which I probably wouldn't have done if somebody said, yeah, here's two million pounds, go away and do it. This was like, this was bootstrapped. Um, I mean, I, I guide dogs to the blind until 2000, well, started in 2011, guide, left guide dogs in 2018. It wasn't 2000, it, sorry, 2015. It wasn't until September 2018 that I paid myself anything at all. I was just living off um, tortilla wraps and, and Uncle Ben's rice, literally, during that time. Wow. Do you know, it's, it's kind of, yeah, I was trying to think of the right word and I was trying to use then. But it, it, it's really important as well, I think, when people can see someone who is leading a business, um, you know, to have those kind of vulnerable vulnerabilities to um, be really open and honest that, you know, it didn't all just come flying through the door and business was amazing from day one and all that kind of stuff. Because, you know, we often only see personas that people want to share. And I think those messages are so important to make it real. Yeah, well, I sold my house. I sold my car. I left the job that I loved. Um, I lived on no wages and I, I lived in my friend's house in his spare room. Um, that's not something you choose to do at the age of 53, or I was in my 40s when I was going through all this. Um, it's not something you would choose to do. Uh, you do it because you're passionate about what you're trying to achieve, which hopefully is obvious from how I, I speak about what I'm doing, uh, is I'm incredibly passionate about achieving this. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I feel this completely. I mean, kicking off Be People Smart, um, it, it was in a you know similar kind of place and jumping out of a very long corporate career for me to then go and lead Be People Smart. Yeah, it's all very different. But like you, you know, it's about passion and it's about being a change maker and getting the world to, you know, on the road to where it really should be. But yeah, well, you, you took quite a few steps back because you were starting your own organisation. I was already I was working for a charity, so it wasn't too many steps back to get to paid nothing. But um I think your the passion for achieving something that you know you need to be that needs to be achieved is what drives you forward. And money is irrelevant when it comes to these things. It's about can I get to the destination? No, absolutely, definitely. And I've I've completely reevaluated for myself, I've got to be honest, because I'm so much happier being able to make, you know, so much more impact with many different organizations. It that's yeah, it's kind of literally what I live for. So Work is a joy now, which is really nice. Love it. Yes, I, I will say uh, 
I, I have lots of conversations with people. When I when I meet people in in face to face, something used to happen on a regular basis, uh, but it happens even more, and I record it now, which is where I'm speaking to somebody, and I get goosebumps because we're so on the same wavelength as what we're trying to achieve. And now, uh, if, if you if you do a search for hashtag goosebumps and have a look through, sooner or later you're going to see pictures of my arm covered in goosebumps with a screen in the background because you couldn't do it when you're out face to face. Oh, by the way, I need to take some photographs. Well, when I got my phone handy, I'm like, look at my arm, I'm covered in goosebumps because of how brilliant it is to actually do something where the person goes, oh my God, I can't wait to use this. It's going to change how I interact with the world. Yeah, no, it's just amazing. And, you know, you should absolutely be proud of what you've achieved. So talking about experiences and achievements, is there a particular experience? Maybe it's what led you to this in the first place, other than the, you know, the crossing, um, you know, mind moment. Um, Is there a particular experience or an incident that really sticks in your mind? Maybe it's a learning one or maybe it's something that was a big achievement. Um, I guess there's a couple in there that are worthy of note. Uh, I would say that every time somebody who's disabled uses welcome and contacts me and says, that was amazing. This this is a brilliant moment. But it, at the start, I would get one or two a week and or a month even at the very start. But now it's regular. So I'm like, oh, brilliant. OK, but how can I get better? How can I do it better? But there was one that I think really helped it sink into me uh, about what this means, because I mentioned 1.3 billion disabled people earlier, but I had installed this system uh, in a headquarters of a large company in London. And it was on a, I think it was a Global Accessibility Awareness Day event or something like that. And and they'd installed it and they were using it to advertise, to say, if you are disabled, come along and and come to the, the meeting. Anyway, we were on the fifth floor in this big building and the receptionist who had been, uh, well, she was head of HR uh, or administration HR. She she was on the reception and she she was she'd been in the job for like 20 years or something. She was a real professional. And I showed her the system and she looked at the screen and she went. OK, I've got to remember there's a guide dog owner turning up and she said, I've got to remember, don't talk to the dog, um, introduce myself. Um, offer sighted guide, don't take the person's arm, let them take mine, walk at their speed say that I'm leaving when I'm going away um, and give some descriptions about where. And she was like, oh, my God, I have never known that I had so much to do. I've never known that there was so much I wasn't doing. I just went, oh, be nice. It was probably involved speaking to the dog, not introducing herself, walking at their pace, grabbing their arm, all the things that you shouldn't do. Anyway, she left me and she went down the lift. I said, I'm not coming with you. I trust you. You're going to go and do this yourself. And she was shaking like a leaf when she left me. She was really nervous because she'd gone into unconscious incompetence she or conscious incompetence she suddenly realized that she hadn't been doing it really well anyway she went downstairs she met the guide dog owner she gave him sighted guide she took him all the way to the meeting room that he needed to go to she got him a cup of tea which is what he'd asked for um she came back to me at reception and she was shaking like a leaf still and i was like i'm getting goosebumps here i've got goosebumps (laughs) i remember it i was there and she said Oh, my God, that was the best experience in customer service I have ever had. I knew what to do. He knew that I knew what to do. We had an amazing experience. When I left him, he said, thank you so much. That was brilliant. And she was shaking like a leaf at how brilliant she had felt. So when I'm talking 1.3 billion disabled people, I'm not. I'm talking several billion people 
who are going to come into contact with disabled people, but do it better and do it in a foundational way where they are truly giving good customer service. Yeah, it, it just it's proof of the pudding, right? It it does. It, it works. <laughs> yes, yes, it works. It works. Uh, and of course, the person in charge is the disabled person who says the level of service that they want before they walk through the door. That's the key here. That's the bit that makes me feel brilliant about it. And the funny thing is, obviously, <laughs> I'm not belittling welcome, but it's such a simple concept. And yet it, it, it just didn't exist. No, we're the only company in the world to do this. It's remarkable, isn't it? But then Wilbur and Orville Wright were one of very few people who flew. Uh, yeah. Robert Louis Stevenson was um, was the first person to, well, one of the first people to do steam or turn it into a train. Um, Steve Jobs was the first person with the iPhone finger so you could touch it with your finger. So there always has to be somebody who starts it. Um, but there are so many people working like uh, supermarkets where they say, we want to identify you as you're walking through the door. Well, who wants that? I don't want you to know who I am unless I want you to know who I am. Uh, so we need to find the right way to do it. It's just not coming up with new ideas. It's making sure that it, it fits the problem. It empowers people and understanding the problem before you even start on the journey to come up with a solution. Yeah, and obviously the solution itself is really clever, but it's just it, it, so it's mind blowing. It's so simple, but there's a lot of depth to it. It's a quite a clever app. Um, there is so much that we're adding to it in the future. We've got a manual arrival button so you could press the button and they would know that you've arrived in the future. You'll, they'll know exactly where you're standing. They'll know exactly how to interact with you. They'll be able to do more training. We're actually adding in a two way communication so you could actually communicate directly with the customer service team before you walk through the door. So you could say, oh, by the way, I've got my son with me today or my train's late and I'm going to have to get passenger assist on the next train or whatever it might be. So we'll be able to two way communication with any of the, the businesses that are using it. Oh, I love that. That that's going to make a big difference again. Mm. That's really good stuff. So I have a question for you, and I like to ask this question of all of our um, guest speakers because we just get wonderful responses. Basically, no if you had a magic wand, Harry Potter style, and you could change one thing to make the world more inclusive or accessible, what would it be? Ooh. I would make it so that in a moment, every non-disabled person knew a disabled person. And when I say knew them, I mean were friends with them. So uh, equal friends, because that is what takes us forward. When we know somebody, we don't see them as a disabled person. We see them as a person. The disability is just secondary. It's just that those are the things that get in the way or how society designs things get in the way. And we become frustrated on their behalf when we see that people getting in their way. But when we have that close connection with somebody who's disabled, we start becoming aware of their needs and we start becoming aware that we need to be directly involved in making sure that their needs are met uh, and other people are insured. So, yes, if every single person overnight knew another knew a disabled person and had the empathy to understand them then yeah if i could change that can we do that is that can we do that i don't know if we can do that but i actually really like the thought because of course it also means that the whole thing around hidden disabilities would be so much better understood because your friend has been empowered to be open with you yeah 
Yeah. Well, if you knew somebody who who um, had uh, aphasia, say, for instance, you would understand that that would be they would understand what you were saying, but they might not be able to get the words out in reply. So you would change how you interacted with them to allow them more time to get the words out. Uh, you would know that. Oh, and then you would be able to tell your friends about that and say, oh, no, no, John needs you to speak a little bit slower. Or just give Don, John time to get his words out. And that's the same for Tourette's or any, or dyslexia if you're writing something. So yeah, if we all, in fact, yes, we can change this. Everybody out there right now who doesn't know somebody who's disabled, go and make friends with somebody who's disabled. Take time to, to speak to somebody uh, and say hello, introduce yourself, and, and actually be the first person to make a bit of effort. Yeah, no, I do. I think that's a great idea. So obviously, <laughs> do it respectfully and correctly. Oh, yeah, no, no. OK, right. So maybe I've just opened up a terrible, terrible. <laughs> OK, do it. Yeah. Uh, be open to it. Allow them to approach you. Uh, yeah. Be open to responding, responding well when people do approach you. Take time to get to know them. Have I managed to save that? You see, this is what happens when when genies give you three wishes and all of a sudden <laughs> world peace and then all of a sudden you have serious problems and uh, yeah, no famine. And all of a sudden, oh, no, now I've got other problems to deal with. So, yeah, let's be careful with what we wish for. Yeah, no, I think it's wonderful. And we can always all broaden our minds. So other than making an effort to get to know at least one person who has a disability, what else would you love to know that people are taking away from this episode so that they could actually start making improvements today? Uh, so there are two sets of people here that I think I'd put this message out to. Um, disabled people, this is your app. It's free. In the app, you can say where you want it. Let's just say, for instance, that 100 disabled people say, I want this in IKEA. We then approach IKEA. If you do that through the app, we then approach IKEA and we say 100 people, 100 disabled people would use IKEA more if you installed it. OK, so if disabled people download the app uh, and then set up a profile and then request where they would like to see it, uh, we'll then get this ball rolling and we'll get it into more and more places. And businesses, I would say you might be really afraid of dipping your toe into the inclusion world. You might be so afraid of doing it because you think it's going to be a £50,000 toilet or a £30,000 ramp. You might be thinking, I can't possibly even make a start. I would say, guys, go out there and just do the tiniest things. Just start learning. Follow people on social media. Start learning stuff. But if it was down to my business, I'd say, let contact us and get welcome installed because for very little cost, we're going to make sure that you are going to meet and greet anybody who comes into your business who wants you to know about a condition or wants you to know how to interact with them, we're going to be able to help them do that. I think that's brilliant. And I think it's just so doable that why wouldn't you want to improve your business and improve your service? Um, yeah, thank you very much for that. Now, we can include links when with the materials for the episode, of course. Um, so please do check those out. But just to share now, how can people find you and how can they find more information on Welcome? Uh, so if you were to go to the uh, address bar at the top of your screen and put in W-E-L hyphen co dot me, W-E-L hyphen co dot me, uh, then that's our website. Uh, and that would take you straight through to the web and you'd be able to then Look at the website from the point of view of a business or indeed uh, an app user. 
and the, the information will be there. Uh, you can find us on social media. If you go onto YouTube and put in Welcome by Neatbox, which is the name of the company, N-E-A-T-E-B-O-X, Welcome by Neatbox, you're going to find loads of information out there, um, me droning on in videos about how awesome this is, uh, and a lot of other people droning on about how awesome this is. Um, but uh, download the app, uh, Welcome by Neatbox. Uh, as I say, it's totally free. And it's on Android and iOS. Excellent. That's really good to know. And this wellco.me is going to really confuse people because it's not a .co.uk or a .com. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit strange. But when we saw that it was available, we were like, oh, that, we've got to have that. I mean, you can't have the word welcome. But uh, it's worth mentioning that the, the, the word welcome, you can't trademark. But what we did was we capitalised the M. Uh, so it's W, capital W, E-L-C-O, capital M, lowercase e. Who knew there was a me in welcome? Well, yeah, because you and I spoke before, didn't we? And I asked the question because I call it welcome me and you were called it welcome. So I've kind of adapted now. Well, but I don't you don't care, do you? People can call it welcome or they can call it welcome me. They both really mean the same thing. I don't mind. And they're both fabulous. Um, so talking about fabulous, just I want to close out our conversation today to say a big thank you to you um, because I, yeah, I just think it's not just about welcome that's going to help so many people, but it's about the overarching message. It's about making your customer service inclusive and understanding the evolution of it. That it keeps building, it keeps changing, and it keeps growing. Um, and if you've got the right mindset and you've got the right intentions, you can just make such a difference in the world. Yeah, and do it easily. Uh, it doesn't have to be a trial to do this. You you just need to start the journey with that first step uh, and do it. Just engage. Absolutely. So your passion is certainly noted. <laughs> your successes so far are definitely noted. So thank you on behalf of an awful lot of people that are obviously benefiting already and will do in the future. And thank you to all of our listeners today for taking the time to learn from, well, I'd say from Gavin and I, but really from Gavin, I'm more of the facilitator. Oh, no, 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 stop. I'm going to stop you there for a second. People smart, hashtag people smart is absolutely fantastic. You are doing amazing work. Your passion is equal to mine easily. Uh, and I, I think there's going to be great things happening for, for this hashtag and for your organisation in getting the message out there. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to this podcast and we really hope you enjoyed it. We'd love to hear your feedback, so please do get in touch. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on the other wonderful guest speakers we have lined up.